14 verses together, and we'll try to give you what I feel like the Lord uh, has laid upon our heart. In fact, I'm certain this is the text the Lord has put upon our heart for the service today. Third John and verse number 1. The elder under the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and the strangers which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if uh, thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well, because that for his name's sake they went forth taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. I wrote unto the church, but doctrophes who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith, and neither doth he himself receive the brethren, for biddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Beloved, follow not after that which is evil, but that which is good. And he that doeth, evil, uh, doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil has not seen God. Demetrius hath the good report of all men and of the truth itself, yea, and we also bear record, and ye know that our record is true. I had many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto you. But I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee, our friends salute thee, greet the friends by name. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of it. Thank you, Lord, for this particular portion of the Word of God that you've directed our hearts to this week in study and prayer. And I pray, God, that you'd help us to deliver the burden upon our heart today to this congregation. May you help us today. May we see no man save Jesus only. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. When we come to this epistle of 3 John, we note that this is the third epistle in a row that the Apostle John has written. I'll say a few things by way of introduction. First of all, I want to say a word about the context of this epistle. We note the author of this, of this epistle. In verse number 1, he says, The elder, and that is referring to John. Now, this is not John the Baptist, amen. Uh, this is not John Mark. Uh, this is the disciple John, the apostle John. The one that Jesus came by one day and saw him casting his net, washing his net rather, and said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He is the elder. This refers not only to his position in the church, but also to his age. John is an old man. In fact, most people believe that this epistle was written around 90 A.D. The Lord Jesus died on the cross at 33 A.D. So some 63 years after Calvary, John is writing to these believers he is no longer the young man that Jesus found on the shores of Galilee washing his net. One day he heard the call of the Nazarene to come and follow him. He has seen many miracles. He's been through many storms. He personally fed the 5,000 with Jesus. He personally saw Jesus be betrayed by Judas Iscariot. He had his feet washed by the Messiah. He saw Jesus be crucified. But then, thank God, John saw that empty tomb in John 20. 
John was in the upper room that night when Jesus walked in and said, Peace be unto you. John was there on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost filled them and they spake with other tongues. John was there throughout the book of Acts. He's not seen as much as some because John had a special privilege. He was ordered to take care of the Lord Jesus' mother. What I love about this, after 60-some years of serving God, John still has joy in his heart. John has not quit on God. John has not quit the ministry. In fact, after 60 years of serving God, he's taking his pen out and saying, my little children, and he's writing to a new group of believers. Thank God for those people who served God for many years, but when they get to the sunset years of their life, they're not looking for a quitting place. They want to keep on going for the glory and the honor of God. John still had that joy. In fact, when John wrote his first epistle in 1 John, he said, I'm writing these things unto you that your joy may be full, indicating that John's joy level was over on the full side. John hadn't lost the joy of it. John hadn't lost the excitement of it. My problem this morning is some of you have only been saved 3, 4, 5, 10, 20 years, and you seem to lost the joy, and you seem to lost the excitement but not old John in this text he is still excited about serving God may I remind you the Bible still said in Psalm 100 we're to serve the Lord with gladness I'm glad this morning I don't have to serve God but I get to serve God amen I don't have to go to church but I am allowed to go to church whatsoever thy hand findeth to do do it with all thy might do it hard unto the Lord Colossians said John's excited about serving God John writes five books in our Bible. He writes the book of John, the Gospel of John. He'll write the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. And then he'll write 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. It is my personal opinion, and I believe I can prove it, that the Gospel of John was the last book that was written in the canon of Scriptures, not Revelation. So I said, Preacher, I thought John died on the Isle of Patmos. If John died on the Isle of Patmos, then pray tell, how did the book of the Revelation get off the Isle of Patmos? John got off that aisle. John, most people believe, became a member of the church of Ephesus and then spent the latter years of his life writing letters like 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John to believers to be a blessing and an encouragement to them. There's the author. He writes 1st John to deal with assurance. If you're struggling with assurance this morning, I encourage you to read 1st John. He talks about you can know, K-N-O-W, you can know. In 2nd John, he deals with apostates. He talks about those that we're not even to welcome into our home or bid them Godspeed. And then in 3rd John, he deals with what I call adhering. And we'll say more about that in a few moments. That's the author in the context of this epistle. But then there's the authority in this epistle. You'll find this word truth mentioned five to six times in some way, shape, or form. And this word truth is the theme of John's epistle here in 3rd John. Now we know the Bible said in John 17, verse 17, Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. We also know that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We also know that Jesus said in John 16, 13, that the Spirit of God, He is the Spirit of truth. And so we could say that this truth in this text could be Jesus Christ, it could be the Spirit of God, but I want to draw the emphasis this morning that the truth is the Word of God. The Word of God. Thank God we have the Bible this morning. Amen. There is the context of this epistle. But secondly, by way of introduction, there are the characters in this epistle. There are three men that John will specifically identify in this epistle. 
First of all, he will identify by the, a man by the name of Gaius, and we're going to come back to him. Here's what I say about Gaius. He was walking in the truth. Verse number four, I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth. This epistle was directly written to this man by the name of Gaius. Gaius was not a preacher. Gaius was not the pastor of this church. Gaius was just a faithful man in this local assembly. And we know there are three to four Gaiuses mentioned in the New Testament, but this Gaius is not any of the ones that Paul references in Acts, Corinthians, or Romans. This man is completely different than those ones that Paul mentioned. And so there's Gaius who's walking in the truth. Then in verse number 9 and 10 he deals with a man named Diotrephes. And Diotrephes is not walking in the truth. Diotrephes is at war with the truth. Here's what John said. He said, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content where with, neither doth he himself receive the brethren and forbiddeth them that would and casteth them out of the church. The Octrophes was not walking in truth. He was at war against the truth. By the way, there's still Diotrephes in our churches today. I know this reputation in verse number 9. He loveth to have the preeminence. Now you remind you that word preeminence means first place. And the word preeminence is only used one other place in your Bible. And it's Colossians 1.18 where Paul said that, it, that the Christ I should have the preeminence in all things. I'm going to let you know something this morning. It can't be all about you and all about Jesus at the same time. It's either all about you or it's all about Jesus. And I'll tell you, Dr. Fees, he had a reputation that was all about him. He got offended very easy. If somebody didn't speak to him, he got mad. If somebody didn't shake his hand, he got upset. If somebody didn't respond to him like he thought they ought to respond, oh, Dr. Fees got all mad and got, got all got all. Uh, uh, mushy mouth and got all depressed. You know why? Because Diotrephes loved Diotrephes. His reputation, his rejection, verse 9, he said, he receiveth us not. He wouldn't receive the man of God. He wouldn't receive the word of God. In fact, if you look at verse number 10, he was running preachers off. Men that came in to preach and to minister to that church, he was running the brethren off. I tell you, there are still some diatrophies in this country today, especially in the South. I tell you, I know that I know a church that's where I go and preach, and I'll sit down with a pastor at a Waffle House after service, and he'll talk about this one that's against him and that one that's against him. I'm gonna tell you something. There's a problem when a church has had the same deacons for 30 years, but have had 10 preachers in 30 years. I'm telling you, there's a problem somewhere, amen. I'm telling you, when, when there, there ain't no daddy rabbits in this church, amen, there's only one head in this church, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Anything with more than one head's a freak and a monster. Somebody say amen right there. But I know of churches, I was talking to a man this week where he said he had a man call him and said, we're going to have a review of your pastorate. He said, what would you do? I say, uh-uh. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling you, it's not up for it's not up for the members to review. He wasn't in sin. He's not preaching anything violating the scriptures. You know what it is? It's diatrophies. He loveth to have the preeminence. When I go to meetings, I try to sniff them out. <laughs> 
I like trying to sniff out doctrophies. I want to be on doctrophies hit list. Somebody say amen right there. I try to find the trouble. I was at a meeting a few weeks ago and I knew there was a doctrophies in that meeting. A member of that church, he wasn't in the meeting. And so I told that church, you better watch that crowd. You better not let anybody get after your man of God. They can find them another church before you can find them another preacher. Somebody say amen. You know why? Because doctrophies, he loveth to have the preeminence. I want to be careful because I know I'm online, but I ain't got a problem with saying this. This doctor feeds this particular church. They was wanting to give their pastor a raise. And some of the men was wanting to give their pastor a raise. And, and so they come to the, they come to the, the men got together to give a raise. And you know what the man said? Well, we don't want to pay the preacher too much. You know how much of a raise they were talking about giving him? 50 bucks a week. That's not even a half a tank of gas, man. I'll tell you what that man is. He's doctor fees. And I tell you, he's trouble. His troubles, amen. His, re- his reputation, his rejection, then his rebellion. He said, he receiveth us not. And he said, he said he, uh, he pratting against us with malicious words. He's not content wherewith. His rebuke, here's what John said, Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth. John's, John's old. John's at least 80 to 90 years old. And John, maybe on a walking on a cane, he said, but doc, he said, I'm bad news to the doctor fees. I'm going to remember him when I show up. I'm going to deal with that problem. Thank God for a man who, who said, I'm going to deal with that problem. I'm going to handle that issue. Amen. Then he deals with a man named Demetrius. Verse number 12. Here's, I like Demetrius. By the way, Gaius, and he mentions three men. Gaius, the Octrophes, and, and Demetrius. Two out of three were good men. Only one, there was one bad apple. You know what I found most of the time? There's usually just about one or two in a church that's really trouble, and majority is good folks. But you know what's bad? It's usually the one or two that are troublemakers that try to run the church, try to control everything. You know what? If, if we ever have that problem here, we'll just vote the troublemakers out and we'll just roll on for Jesus. Somebody say amen right there. I tell you, we're not going to let one or two or three people who get upset about things that don't even matter and things that don't even matter in eternity. We, we, we're not putting up with that anymore, amen. Thank God that, that these two men, you know what, Demetri had a good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yeah, and we also bear record, and you know that our record is true. In other words, he, had a, he was not at war with the truth. He's walking in truth, but Demetrius was a witness of the truth. His conduct, Demetrius had a good report. His community of all men. That's not referring to the church because the church is mentioned in the next phrase. He said, he said, yeah, and we also bear record, and you know that our record is true. He said, you know Demetrius is a good guy. He said, but the community knows that Demetrius has a good report. Can I ask you a question? You got a good testimony in this community? Do you pay your bills? Amen. Are you honest? Amen. Do you, do you have a good testimony? Amen. His compliment of the truth itself. He said, the word of God is giving Demetrius a good report. That's pretty good. That's the kind of man I want to be. There's the context, there's the characters, but here's what I want to get to, and I'm 15 minutes in. There's the concern in this epistle. And it goes back to Gaius. Watch what, watch what John says in verse number 2. Beloved, I wish above all things, watch what he says now, that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. What a phrase. What a statement. John is saying, and I believe the court of verse number 4, that Gaius was a convert of John's ministry. John's looking at Gaius' life and saying, Gaius, 
I'm so thrilled to see how God's blessing you, how you're walking in truth, how you're honoring God. He said, Gaius, I've got a prayer request. I'm praying for you. He said, I am praying that you will prosper in health, that you may prosper and be in health. He said, Gaius, I want God to bless you financially. He said, I want you to prosper. Boy, the TBN preachers and the, and, and the uh, uh, what's the local one we had down here down in Charlotte, Davis Cirillo, all them TV preachers, they like that. Yeah, we want you to prosper. Watch what he said. And be in health. He said, I want you to have good health. Apparently, Gaius might have been sick a little bit, had some physical maladies. And John said, I want you, he said, I want you to know, I'm praying that God will bless you financially, meet that financial need. He said, I'm also praying that God will bless your physical needs, Gaius. But watch how he's wanting God to bless him. Even as thy soul prospers. Listen to me. He said, Gaius, my prayer for you is that you'll do as well financially and physically as you are spiritually. Now, if I was to pray that prayer for you this morning as your pastor, if I was to pray, Lord, would you bless Brother Caden financially and physically as well as he is spiritually? I wonder if he could pay his bills. I wonder if he'd be in a hospital bed. You see, we, what do we focus on in life? Finances and health. Money and physical well-being. There's nothing wrong with having money. If you've got something you want to get rid of, praise God. Amen. Uh, there's nothing wrong with having financial money. I want God to bless you financially. There's nothing wrong with being good health. Thank God for good health. But John's basis of his prayer for Gaius was, Gaius, I want you to do as well physically and financially as you are spiritually, indicating that spiritually, Gaius was prospering. He said, as thy soul prospereth. The word prosper and prospereth in this text, it means to be successful. It means to have plenty. Can I ask you a question this morning? How can I be successful in my spirituality and service? By how you respond to truth. By how you respond to the Word of God. If this was the case in your life where your spirituality would be the same as your physical health and your financial state, how would you fare? Could you pay your bills? Could you cover your mortgage? Could you even buy something off the dollar menu? I mean, if you were... Y'all picking up what I'm laying down? If you're doing as well financially as your spiritual well-being, how much, how much money would you have? I mean, could you get out of the bed? Would you have strength? Would you have stamina? Would you have to depend on somebody else to get you ready? Health-wise? Apparently, Gaius. John thought enough of Gaius' spirituality. He said, Gaius... God's, God, you're doing so well for the Lord. You're so spiritual. I hope God blesses you as much financially and physically as He has blessed you spiritually. Now, here's what Paul said in Ephesians 1. God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. So I have all spiritual blessings at my disposal. Is that not right? What is the thing of the book of Ephesians? The Christian's walk and the Christian's warfare and the Christian's work and the Christian's will is to walk. The will of God is to be spirit-filled. Did you know your spirituality is your responsibility? Did you know you can be saved but not be spiritual? It's like being a saved and not being a Christian. And see, so there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people this morning, Brother Charles, they, they're saved. I mean, they're saved as John the Baptist and Bob the Builder. 
I mean, they're as saved as you can be. But at the end of the day, they don't have a spiritual bone in their body. Are you listening to me? And if I was to pray that prayer for you, some of you would say, Oh, Lord, preacher, please don't pray that God bless me financially and physically based on how spiritual I am. Because you know what? I'm afraid many people, <laughs> we'd be lining up for food stamps, we'd be living up under a bridge, or we'd be in a hospital bed somewhere. Because we think of the temporal, and we think of the carnal, and we think of the right now, but we don't focus on the eternal. John's not against Gaius having some money in his pocket. John's not against Gaius having help. He is praying that God will bless him financially. He is praying that God will bless his health. But he's saying, I want God to bless you as much physically and financially as, as you are spiritual. You know why we have diatrophies in churches, Miss Linda? Because they're not spiritual. You know, Brother Wade, why we have the trouble in churches? Because we don't have spiritual people. Because they, they, oh, they might have some money in their pocket. And they might have good health. And it seems like the ones that always give the preacher in the church trouble have plenty of money and plenty of health. But no spirituality. Are you hearing me this morning? Is this making sense? Y'all picking up what I'm laying down? What I'm asking, how is it with your soul this morning? Is your soul prospering? Are, are, are you, and it's based on your soul prospering. It's based on how you respond to truth. Let me say it another way. It's based on how you respond to that Bible. Well, I know what the Bible says, but. Well, I know the preacher preached this, but. And if you're always trying to make an excuse for your life so you don't have to live out according to this word, you are a spiritual pauper. You spiritually don't have any health. You spiritually don't have any wealth. Why? Because you've not responded to truth in the right way. I mean, this morning, I want you to think about that. I want that God put that heavy in my heart. If I was to ask, and I'm not saying I've got it all together, but if I was to ask God to bless me as much financially and physically according to my walk with Him and my spirituality, would I even pay the rent this month, the mortgage this month? Can I put gas in my truck? I'm afraid, if we'd be honest this morning, none of us, hey, can we say, man, God's blessed us financially, hasn't he? God's blessed four people financially and four. So let's try that again. Has God blessed you financially? Has God blessed you with physical health? Ain't none of you in the hospital this morning. How you doing spiritually? The old Puritan preachers, years ago, when they would greet, you know, we'll say, how you doing, y'all that. When they would greet a brother, they'd stick their hand out and say, how is it with your soul? Ain't that convicting? They, they're, what they're saying is, how is your walk with the Lord? You know what's bad? If we were to do that nowadays, you know what we would do? Good Christian, independent, fundamental Baptist, we'd go, huh? You know why? We're not spiritual. The Bible said in Galatians that we are to walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. One man I read after said many carnal Christians would have to get on relief and go to a hospital if they prosper materially and physically as they prosper spiritually. John said, Gaius, I want God to bless you so much physically and financially based on your spirituality. Now, this is not indicating that if you're spiritual, you're going to have plenty of money in the bank and plenty of health. It's not what he's saying. 
The example is that Gaius was a spiritual man and walked with God. And John thought so much of Gaius, he said, Gaius, I want God to bless you according to your physical and, 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 and financial well-being, according to your spirituality. I want to preach for the next seven minutes. i got seven minutes left on the secret to successful service. Because he said in this text, even as thy soul prospereth. And that word prospereth means to be successful. There are three things, and I'm going to try to get done in, in seven or eight minutes, but it's, it's, it's 11.45. If you'll give me about ten minutes, I'm going to get out of here, all right? But I don't know about you, I want to prosper spiritually. Sadly, in the American world, and I like having money, I like having nice things, don't get me wrong, but that's all we think about. And all we think about is our health and our wealth. But there's more to that. John said, I want, I, your soul's prospering. I want a prosperous soul. How did God bless Gaius? Well, how, how did Gaius have a prosperous soul? Number one, he received the truth. Gaius was most likely a convert of the apostle John's ministry. And so that means there came a point in Gaius' life where he got born again. He received truth. He received the truth about sin. Every sinner has got to receive the truth about sin that they are a sinner. You know why a lot of people have never been born again? Because they never saw themselves as a sinner. They saw themselves, well, I may not be perfect, but I'm not as bad as so-and-so. Or I may not be like this, but I'm not like them. I tell you, it ain't about them this morning. You're lost without God on your way to hell. It doesn't matter if you've never drank liquor or smoked a cigarette or run around on your family. I tell you, you're still lost without God. If you've never been to Calvary and had your sins washed away, Gaius received the truth about sin he received the truth about salvation once he received that truth about sin he realized there is a, there is a, there is a way made by Calvary and by the blood of Jesus Christ can you imagine John the only man, the only preacher that was at Calvary he gave Gaius a first hand account of the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and old Gaius said I believe oh man, Isaiah said who hath believed our report and Gaius said I believe that report thank God for the day when you receive the truth about sin and then you receive the truth about salvation and God saved you. Anybody listen to me? And God changed you. And God made a difference in your life. He received the truth about sin. He received the truth about salvation. He received the truth about the Scriptures. He's walking in truth. You know what John told him? John said, now that word, you need to walk in that truth. And he said, you know what, John, you know what Gaius did? It's amazing. He did what the preacher told him to do. He got to study in the Word of God. And he walked in the light that he had. Our problem this morning is not that we don't know what to do. It's that we don't do what we know we're supposed to do. Hey, he, he received the truth about the sanctuary. He's in the church. I wish some of y'all would get that truth. Hey, man, this ain't, this ain't a Sunday morning stop off where you tip God and, and go on. And I said it Wednesday night, I'm going to say it again. Church no longer starts here at 11 a.m. on Sundays. We're not starting at 11 no more. We start at 10 o'clock. Amen. Amen. If you come in after, and I'm not picking on anybody, I'm not picking on any guests, I'm talking to Safe Harbor. If you come in after 10, you're late. 
Somebody said, well, 10 o'clock ain't in the Bible. Yes, it is. Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. I got that, Brother Gravely, and I'm going to ride that horse till he falls right down. Amen. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. And here at the Safe Harbor Baptist Church, we assemble at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. Amen. I'm telling you, you ain't got no excuse. Come on, you don't even have kids to use an excuse not to come to Sunday school. Can I get amen out of that? And you know that they do have children. My wife gets three together, gets three ready by herself, and gets them here by 9.15 so I know you can do it I've never been late to church when I got up at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning can I get amen out of that I'm just telling you Gaius received the truth about being in the house of God well I just don't know about that you want your soul to prosper I'd be faithful to the house of God he received truth number two he remained in the truth so there's a lot of people that receive it and you never see him again <laughs> I know churches that see 500 saved in a year, but they're still running the same 100 they had starting in January. There's a problem somewhere there. And that's a whole other issue that I ain't got time to deal with. But I'm just telling you, he remained. Watch this. He remained in the church. Verse number 3. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. He remained with the Christians. Watch what he said. When the brethren came, he stayed around the right crowd. He's staying around the right people. I'm talking about how to have your soul prospering. You stay in the church. You stay around good Christians. I know we got to work in the world. I know we got to be, be around that crowd throughout the week. That's why it's so important to assemble together with the saints of God every opportunity you get. Somebody said, Preacher, I ain't been coming to Sunday school. Well, start next Sunday. Go and make up your mind. By the grace of God, we're going to get up early. We're going to get our family in Sunday school. My goodness, I bring Krispy Kreme donuts. I don't know what else you want, amen. Be here in the house of God. You know why? Because you're with the world five to six days a week. And you're with the church only two days a week. And we need so much the more. We need more of this. He received the truth. He remained in the truth. That the church with the Christians, watch his consistency, even as thou walkest in the truth. I love this. He wasn't in and out. He went back and forth. He wasn't inconsistent, but he was consistent. I'm talking about how to have a prosperous soul. He received the truth. He remained in the truth. But number three, he represented the truth. He represented three ways. Number one, by his walk. Verse number three and four. At the latter part of verse three, even as thou walkest in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. John said, there's nothing that thrills me more as a pastor than to know that the people that I'm ministering to are taking what I'm trying to give to them and applying it to their life. Gaius said, Preacher, preach another sermon. Preacher, I need some help today. I need some direction today. I need some instruction today. The Bible said in Proverbs that a wise man will hear instruction, but a foolish man will turn his ear away from that. I tell you, I don't want to be a fool this morning. I want to hear what God has for me, and I want to walk in that truth. He represented the truth by his walk, but then by his work, verses 5 through 8. Watch what he did. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to the strangers, who have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godless word, thou shalt do well, because that for his name's sake they went forward, taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such, we ought to be fellow helpers of the truth. You know what he's saying? He said, Gaius, you have been a blessing to so many people. You have shown charity, and you have shown compassion, and you have shown uh, love and, and kindness to people. Gaius, I appreciate, you know what he's doing? He's representing the truth. Not only by his walk, but by, by, by what he's doing. Not only by where he's going, 
but how he's going. You know what makes a difference on how you go as to where you're going? You can be saved and going to heaven and be the biggest jerk in Salisbury and be rude and be unkind, and that ain't going to help anybody with the truth. I mean, you're headed the right place, but on the way, nobody likes you, including me. <laughs> Amen. That's not. I'm a church kid. Been in church all my life. I just, I just pull. One day I'm gonna get old and I'm gonna say what I really think. Y'all better be glad I don't say everything that goes through my mind. I'm just telling you this morning by His work, He showed others the compassion and the gospel. Yes, sir. He represented the truth by His walk, by His work, but by His will. Look at verse five, and I'm done. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest. Do you get that? He said, Gaius, I don't care what they ask you to do at the church. You do it faithfully. He said, they might, I'm I'm, going to use our terminology. I know they didn't have indoor plumbing. Gaius, if they ask you to clean the bathrooms, you clean the bathrooms. And you do it faithfully. Gaius, if they ask you to hold the door, you're glad to hold the door. Gaius, if they ask you to sing a special, you're glad to sing a special. Gaius, if they ask you to give a word of testimony, you're just jumping at the bit to brag on Jesus. He said, whatsoever you do it, you do it faithful. He's not telling him to be faithful. John is complimenting his faithfulness. And that's why John said, uh, Gaius, I hope God blesses you as much physically and financially as you're doing spiritually. Because Gaius, you are doing good spiritually. I want to ask you what those old Puritans asked one another. How is it with your soul today? If I were to pray that prayer, and be honest with you, some of you, I'm scared to pray that prayer because I don't want to have to keep you up. I won't have to come see you in the hospital. I mean, I'll come see you, but just because you're not spiritual don't mean I want to come see you in the hospital. I'm like, Lord, I bless them. <laughs> no, never mind. Don't do that. Don't do it according to spirituality. They can't even get back on Sunday night. You know, and, I, and I'm a hushin, but I, I, I got in a good vein of preaching. I don't want to quit. You know, you know what the problem is? We have, we have the, as a whole, the sissiest generation of men... I've ever seen, but then the sissiest generation of save me I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm tired. I don't want to go back tonight. So is everybody else. What makes you so special? I'm gonna preach three times a day before I get my head on my pillow. I'm gonna be wore out. I ain't be worth shooting tonight. But I'm, I ain't gonna get through my cold case documentary. I ain't gonna find out who killed the person. I'll fall asleep halfway through. That's how I wind down. I watch serial killers. That's what y'all have done to me. <laughs> if I ever turn, you'll never find the body. I'm just telling you, you'll never find it. I've got to figure it out. But I'm just telling you, everybody's tired. Everybody's busy. Everybody gets seven days in a week. Everybody gets 24 hours in a day. It's your lack of prioritizing. Well, it ain't that big of a deal, preacher. It is that big of a deal if you want your soul to prosper. I just don't want to go to heaven and God say, well, I'm glad you made it. I want to have something to put at his feet. I want to have a crown. I want to have some worship to bring to him. I want to glow. I just don't want to be a back street on the streets of that the streets of that kingdom. I want to roll and ring with him. I want to do something that honors God for eternity. I want my soul to prosper. So I better receive truth. I better remain in truth. 
And I better represent that truth everywhere I go. Good night, there's so much preaching there. I'm just telling you this morning, we better quit playing games and, and fiddling around. And we better put our eyes on Jesus. Get our eyes on the Lord and realize that Jesus is coming again. This thing's about to wrap up. And it's not time for us to get lay down our guns and kind of just coast into that city. But may God help us so much the more to be faithful, to finish right. I want to be like Gaius. I want my soul to prosper. May God help us this morning. Is it well with your soul? Let's stand together. I preached 35 minutes and I appreciate your attention. Heads bowed and eyes closed. That's the secret to successful service. Receiving truth, remaining in